of the weekly daily fantasy football podcast. I am your host, Keith Fleming. As always, my co-host, the man with the plays, Joe Matz. What's going on, Joe? I was just, you know, enjoying all the leftovers today. Amen to that. Uh, had some sweet potato casserole. It, the leftovers were good today. Uh, on Thanksgiving, unfortunately, if you listen to our preview podcast, they ended up canceling the Ravens-Steelers game, which is really unfortunate because uh, I think we would have done a lot better. If people would have been on the scent to some of these plays, you know, there's two games. It, it, there's yeah. there's only so many guys you can pick, and then not to mention with the popularity of the Ravens and the Steelers, I think those guys have been played a lot. But I mean, we had a lot of guys right. We were all over. He was going to have a breakout game, which he had not had this season. He did. Uh, we both were all over Antonio Gibson. The Logan Thomas jinx is over. Uh, we like <laughs> Logan Thomas this week, and he actually came through, which has been a curse for us. Um, so there's less games this week. Uh, the Steelers-Ravens game, in case you hadn't heard, has got moved to Tuesday, so make a note of that. Do not have them in your lineups. They will not count. Uh, but we'll get right into it. We'll start with quarterback. For those who have not listened, we give three plays at each position. Uh, both me and Joe do. It's a high tier, middle tier, and a bargain tier uh, to help you fill your lineup. So at quarterback, I'm starting with Patrick Mahomes at 8,000. He's averaging 34 points per game over his last three with 11 touchdowns. For a season, he's averaging 28 points per game with 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. I don't know if I've ever seen a guy be talked about less that should be the MVP and the Chiefs are probably the best team in football, but uh, that's not what this podcast is about. The All I could think watching that Bucks versus Rams game, because I knew that we had the Bucks chiefs game coming up, was, wow, if Jared Goff is tearing up this <laughs> secondary like this, how in the world is Patrick Mahomes and those scary weapons going to do? The Bucks over the last five games have given up 13 touchdowns to opposing uh, quarterbacks. I think we should have known the first signs of the weakness of this Bucks secondary was all the way back in week four when a rookie, Justin Herbert, in his second start threw for 290 yards on 20 to 25 passes and three touchdowns. We all agree Herbert's talented. We pick him all the time. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> if a rookie can have that success in Tampa, can you imagine what Mahomes with Hill – and Kelsey and those guys at the level he's playing, he's going to do. Uh, I never do this, but there's actually two guys that are more than $8,000 in my lineup. Mahomes is the first. I'm going to try to get him as many lineups as I can because I just think his his floor is so low against that Bucks defense. And you know Andy Reid uh, and that coaching staff in that game on Monday, we are going to tear the secondary yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can never really argue against a Patrick Mahomes pick. <laughs> Which I don't think we've picked him all year. That might be true. I, I you know, I think it's because he, he costs so much and we usually steer clear. And also, it's just people don't need that much advice there. It's just like, hey, most of the time, if you want to, if you have the money and you want to go with Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> feel free. And like whenever I pick Kamara, I'm like, you know, you probably already know this, but Alvin Kamara is amazing. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I can't argue with that. And you just mentioned him. My top-tier guy is Justin Herbert at 7,200. 
Um, I just love this game in general against the Bills. I think Josh Allen's also a great play, but he's $400 more, so I went with Herbert. And I think they average almost exactly the same number of points per week. Um, You know, I feel like we pick Herbert so much, I just end up repeating myself all the time. Again, 19.7, that was like his second start. Maybe his first start. uh, First or second start, 19.7. That's his lowest total of the year. He's now up to seven straight games with multiple touchdown passes um, and only four turnovers in those seven games. Uh, Bills are 31st against QBs on DraftKings. They've allowed multiple touchdown passes in six games and six rushing touchdowns for quarterbacks, and Herbert's run in three already. So, I mean, I just love this play in every way, and if you have the extra 400 and you want to roll with Josh Allen instead, I'm good with that one too. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think this is a game where you want to have someone on your in your lineup who's for the Bills or for the Chargers. Get somebody in there because there's going to be points. And the Chargers seem to be in a lot of shootouts, uh, especially yeah. since Herbert's taken over. So I, I, I completely co-sign on that. My mid-tier guy is Teddy Two Gloves Bridgewater at 6,300. He's at Minnesota. If you take away the Vikings matchup versus the Bears, uh, in six of their last seven games, they've given up 17 touchdowns. That's nearly three touchdowns per game. They made Andy Dalton look good, who uh, we just realized on Thursday that was not. He's kind of figured out the offense and, and this and that. He's just – it's just Minnesota's secondary is bad. Uh, yep. Teddy's coming back from injury. And I actually expect this to be kind of a shootout in the Vikings down because the Panthers' defense is not what we thought it was early. Early we thought they were bad against the run, but they are good against the pass. That has been proven not true. Uh, and then the fact that McCaffrey's out again, I just think it means that they're not going to run quite as much. Uh, and it's going to mean, you know, Bridgewater throwing the ball. Not to mention their three receivers are killing it. I mean, if you really look oh, at yeah. it, their, their three receivers are consistently putting up 10 or more points. Uh, Bridgewater's obviously a step up. And I, I can see them really torching the secondary. And Bridgewater, honestly, I think may have his best uh, game of the season because he's only thrown two touchdowns, the most touchdowns he's thrown in a game all year. And then remember, this defense is giving up almost three touchdowns per game in six of their last seven when you don't include Nick Foles. So Bridgewater is my middle 300. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you can usually two of those three receivers are playable in fantasy in any given week. And this is a good matchup against the struggling Vikings corners. <laughs> Um, my mid-tier guy, I believe, was your mid-tier last week, which was is Cam Newton at 6,400. It feels weird to pick Cam Newton because I believe he has four passing touchdowns and seven picks on the year. So it's like, wait, how is he viable? But he, he averages 20 points. Right. He averages 20.3 on the year. He's just above that over his last four. Um, on the plus side, he has top 250 passing yards in two of his, two of his last three games. And, again, he scores touchdowns on the ground. He's nine rushing touchdowns, which is up there for the leaders in the entire league in rushing touchdowns. That's how he's viable every week. Cardinals are 30th against QBs on DraftKings. They've given up multiple passing touchdowns in four straight and 30-plus rushing yards in four straight. So they haven't been containing quarterbacks through the air or on the ground. So and I, I expect Arizona to put up points. So I think Newton will have to pass, and he should be able to against this team. And they've proven consistently they're susceptible to QBs running. So I think this is a good matchup for him this week. I like that. I didn't know that about the rushing stat. Um, 
My bargain tier is not going to surprise anybody who listens to this podcast. It's Derek Carr, 5,700 at Atlanta. Carr has five games of 20 points or more and is arguably facing the worst pass defense in the league. The Falcons are giving up 313 yards per game and 22 (laughs) touchdowns on the season. I mean, it's embarrassing as a Falcons fan. Uh, We've discussed this before, but the Falcons actually have slowed down some of the best backs in the league. So I don't think Josh Jacobs is just going to run wild uh, on this Falcons team. I can see him doing some serious damage out of the backfield, catching passes uh, and enough rushing. But, I mean, remember, they they kept Dalvin Cook under 100 yards, Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott. Like, they have been a decent team against the run. But, boy, they're bad against the pass. And, again, this game's in a dome, which I think is going to help both teams. This is the other game that I honestly think that you should target players in this game. I could see this mm, being a yeah. real shootout. The Raiders are also a bad team. Matt Ryan was almost my low-tier quarterback at 6,200, but with Bridgewater being 6,300, I thought that was a little bit of a cheat, but I like both of those guys. I think this is going to be a shootout, uh, and I know Carr has burned us uh, before, but if you look at it, he really has been playing a lot better uh, the last month, month and a half. I think he scored like 17 points or more in four out of his last six, 22 or more in three out of his last six. Uh, and I, I actually have a pretty good bit of confidence that I'm at 5,700 from a bargain play just because, again, he's playing my Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, that's probably my favorite one of the week. I, I have another just to give people another option, but I I love that play. Um my bargain play is going just a tiny bit cheaper, and it's Daniel Jones at fifty-five hundred. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been doing better lately. The offense seems to be coalescing into somewhere around average now. Um, he scored at least eighteen in three of his last four. If you get eighteen at fifty-five hundred, you're doing great. And those three games where he scored that were twice against Philly and once against Tampa Bay. And both of those defenses are significantly better than the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Since he is 28th in passing defense DVOA, only the Cowboys have given up more passing touchdowns than the Bengals. They've given up multiple scores in six of their last seven. And earlier this year, Carson Wentz ran for 73 yards and a touchdown against them. And we know Daniel Jones has been very dangerous on the ground this year. So, I mean... I, if you have 5,700, I would go with Carr because I think there's a more chance, more of a chance that it's a real shootout, like you said. But, you know, if you need to save an extra 200, I think Daniel Jones is a solid play. I actually really like that. I did. I looked at him because he's he's been really consistent in that 16, 20-point range. And yeah. he's so cheap that if you want to try to, say, load up on some of these more expensive guys that we're giving, you have that option. Uh, moving on to running back. Again, I know people are going to get re- be like, Keith, really? This is your picks? I thought y'all were the contrarians. <laughs> but I'm going to have Dalvin Cook in half my lineups. Like, I can just go ahead and tell you, even though it's nine grand, I understand, you know, that's way too much. But the Panthers have faced two teams with one of the best backs in the league this year. And both of those games have given up over 200 yards of total offense to those running backs. He has scored 21 more are 21 or more points in all games but three and 29 or more in five of his nine games. Uh, if you can find the cash, you could. You really, in my opinion, should play him. Like, I think he's worth it. Uh, they just, I mean, Minnesota has proven he's had at least 25 carries. 
in the last six games. I mean, can you imagine if he gets 25 or 30 touches against his Carolina defense? Yeah. Uh, but if you want me just to have a contrarian pick, the other guy that I'm having is my expensive running back and most is Nick Chubb at 7,100 against the Jaguars. Uh, but I, I do think that if, now if you had one lineup, I understand not putting in Dalvin Cook because you just got sure. one and you want to kind of spread it out. But if you're like me and you're doing like probably five, six lineups, I'm going to have Cook in a couple, and I'm going to try to hit some of these lower and middle-tier guys to make it work. There's some tight end options this week that I think – you know, you can get away with spending three grand. Same thing on defense. You get a 5,700-yard quarterback. And not only can you do the $9,000 for your running back, you can still have at least one stud receiver on your team, too. Waller's at 6,000. There's ways you can make it work. So uh, I just think he's going to score 25 or more points. And we've seen he's had three games of 40 or more, including a 51-point game. He has that kind of explosion. It doesn't matter what you spend on your other guys. They just have to have decent games, and you have a great chance of getting in the money. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're making that play, then I would make sure to be listening to all of our bargain plays because you yep. will need to save some money. But there's a reason he cost that much this week. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's he's looking like the fantasy MVP this year. Yeah. And, uh, again, we're, we're on the same page here. My top-tier guy is Chubb at 7,100. He's broken 100 yards rushing in four or five games, which is important because the one scary thing with Chubb is he does not catch passes very often. So you need that ground production, but he's been giving it. Um, he's averaging six yards per carry, which is why he's breaking 100 yards rushing every week. Um, no team in the NFL runs the ball more with their running backs. I believe the, the Ravens and Patriots are the top two in rushes per game, but obviously their quarterbacks are doing a lot of that. Cleveland is third, and Baker Mayfield is not running a lot. It's Chubb, and it's Kareem Hunt. And... In a game where they're up against the Jags and Mike Glennon starting for the first time in God knows how long. I don't even know if he was on the Jaguars to start the year. So I think this is going to be a game where Cleveland, even more so than usual, is just going to be pounding the rock with those backs. I would be very surprised if he does not break 100 yards again. So I think he's a solid play at 7,100. I mean, yeah, you get one or two touchdowns too, and this could be a huge game for him. So my middle tier guy is may not be available. Uh, it's Gio Bernard at 5,700. Again, mm. I just want to give you guys another option in case he is not. Kareem Hunt is right around that price tag. Uh, you know, Joe was talking about. It. I, I think every I, like co-signed everything Joe just said. And Hunt might even get more opportunities potentially late if they can get up big. Uh, but Hunt's also been scoring points. I mean, it was like last yeah. week. I think he only had 20 yards and still got like 14 points because he's been scoring more touchdowns. Uh, but Bernard is somebody I really like this week, if he plays. And this is about the Giants. They give up six catches per game for over 60 yards to running backs. With Burrow being done for the year, I just can see Bernard getting a lot of work and catching a lot of balls out of the backfield. He's average. He's still averaging five targets per game. Uh, out of the backfield in the games that he started. And I actually think that's going to increase this week. The Giants' run D has not been great as of late either, as they were just gashed by the Eagles. And with the Bengals starting an unproven quarterback, I expect them to at least start off the game trying to attack them on the run. A lot of short passes, which is going to be, uh, you know, Bernard, Tyler Boyd. I think those are the two guys that are going to see the biggest uptick. And then the, the other good thing is, let's say the Giants get up big, 
that's just going to mean more opportunities for J.R. Bernard to, you know, catch passes out of the backfield because he is a three-down back when he plays. I mean, it's just like they work with Joe Mixon. I think he has a really low floor this week, and at 5,700, that's why I like him so much. Yeah, I mean, we we always love those plays where even if the team goes down, that running back is still going to be productive. So, yeah, obviously monitor that, but I like that play. Um and I, I also like Kareem Hunt a lot. He's actually my mid-tier uh, flex because the Jaguars have really struggled defending running backs in the passing game too, and he is the passing back for the Browns. Or, yeah, for the Browns. So get one of those running backs from the Browns on your team. Um, my mid-tier guy, even though I think, again, this is a guy who's going to have opportunity no matter what because I do not expect his team – to hang this entire game, but James Robinson at 6,300. He scores double digits every single week. Not a lot of guys are doing that. And the reason is only Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, and Zeke Elliott have more combined carries and receptions than he does. He's 203 on the year already. Cleveland's not a bad run defense. They're eighth in rushing yards allowed, but they give up a healthy 4.7 receptions and 39 yards per game, two backs. So again, yeah, if he fall, if they fall down, Times it's also again it's Mike Glennon like who's gonna be surprised if Mike Glennon's checking down a lot in this game, so again James Robinson at 6300 it doesn't have to be a perfect play if this is a guaranteed guy who gives you a guaranteed ten every week like he's gonna be safe and there's always the chance for more he's obviously every week the most likely Jaguar to score so I like him although again yeah if you want to save some money and drop down to like Kareem Hunt. Or a healthy geo. I don't. I think those are good plays too. So, and just a reminder, because he's going to be my bargain tight end. But you got to also remember that Shark has already been ruled out. Uh, yeah. And so is Conley. So they're missing two receivers too, which is even more likely that Robinson and my bargain tight end is going to get a lot more looks. Uh, I love this play uh, at forty five hundred for my bargain one at running back. James White's forty five hundred versus uh, Arizona. And you got to remember in a game last week where Burkhead was knocked out early and the Pats were down, he had nine targets. I expect them to be down again this week. Burkhead is out. He, he came back. He's going to be there in all those situations where they're basically in throwing situations. I think it's almost a guarantee you he will get the double figures just in the passing game on the receptions and yards that he will put up. And then if he scores a touchdown, you could potentially get 15 to 20 points out of a guy that's 4,500. And again, the more success Arizona has early in this game, the more likely White's floor goes up. And I mean, seriously, people do not remember. I've been shocked. He was my favorite play in Daily Fantasy last year. I played him all the time because he never got respect. And he'd always get in right. 12 to like 17 point range. And then every once in a while I have a big game. Of course, every once in a while I have a crap game. But this year, Burkhead took over that passing down back. And, I mean, all you have to look is to last week. White has a lot of skills catching passes out of the back. I mean, he got nine targets in just over a half. Uh, if they get a, a down or just, you know, if they're moving the ball uh, with ease on third downs and stuff, White's going to be in there a lot. And, again, I love him at 4,500 to where you can get somebody else in there, uh, you know, with one of these expensive plays, whether it be Mahomes or – cook or whoever yeah i mean that's really just been the story with him in any ppr format for years it's just you're always like ah like i don't need james white and then he just scores (laughs) double digits every week like ah fuck that he's a good play 
Uh, my lower tier guy is Wayne Gallman at 5,000. He's had four straight double-digit games, at least 10 rushes in all of them, and a touchdown in every single one of them since Devonta Freeman's been out. Bengals are 30th in rushing yards allowed, 121 per game, two running backs at 5.2 yards per carry. Only the Texans are worse. And, I mean, shoot, I can't even remember who the Bengals' QB is this week. <laughs> exactly. I someone actually else. was going to say was, his name with Gio Bernard, and I forgot it. So, oh, it's okay. Brandon, Brandon Allen, who <laughs> started for someone last year at some point. I can't even remember. But <laughs> no one's afraid of Brandon Allen. The, the, God help me if the Giants lose this game. So I expect a solid dose of Wayne Gallman. Again, he's been the clear goal line back for the Giants over the last month. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't score. And there, there's a chance if they give him enough rushes that he gets 100 yards in this game. So at 5,000, I think he's a great play. He's actually in a few of the lineups that I've already built. Like, I love that play. I was going to include him, but I like White. He's in that 4,500. But I think that is a really good play this week, especially with just how many touchdowns he's getting. And Freeman, you got to remember the points he was getting before he got hurt as well. So this isn't just a four or five stretch for Gallman. This is a seven, eight stretch where their lead back has consistently either got touchdowns, receptions, you know, a combination when they're scoring in double figures. Moving on to receivers, uh, hopefully this will not get another no-dub, but Tyreek Hill, <laughs> 7,800. Over his last four games, he has six touchdowns and is averaging 27 points per game. He's also had an unbelievable 48 targets in those four games. 48. Again, if you watched Cup and Werner, or Woods burn this Bucks secondary last week, you just could not help but think about Hill with Mahomes and what they can do. I mean, think about how many plays that if Cup or Woods were a little bit faster, they'd have been a touchdown. I expect Hill to have an absolute field day. He's been incredible this year. You know, Mahomes, would get, obviously we talked about, has not really been talked about. Hill and Kelsey have not really been talked about either. I mean, just no. go look at their point totals week to week. It's unbelievable. It's not like it has been in the other years with Mahomes where he kind of spreads it out a little bit more. It's basically, you know, Hill and Kelsey are going to get like 10 targets. They're going to get a ton of the yardage, you know, a ton of the touchdowns. And then it's the other guys fight for the other. Uh, uh, and I, I think he's a really safe play at 7,800. And especially this week at receivers is, in my opinion, kind of tough because you know how much I love Keenan Allen, but I can't believe yeah. Keenan Allen is more than Tyreek Hill. Uh, this week. I, I, I think that's honestly kind of insane. Uh, man. I mean, it's hard for me to ever go against Keenan Allen, but I think that, that that's the reason Keenan Allen's not my top tier guy this week is just because he's all the way up at 8,000 now, which... They finally you, figured it out. Right. You, been you, saying for you've months. been saying it. Yeah, it's coming. And yeah, it happened this week. So, you know, I still think he's a good play if you have the money. Obviously, I always love the Herbert Allen double dip but for that reason to save a little bit of money my top two play is stefan diggs again i'm all in on this game as just a shootout i mean diggs how much is he 7600 thank you so he's four so you say 400 versus keenan allen um he's another one of those guys he's scored double digits every single week at least six receptions in all but one week Monster. Top 90 yards in three straight games. 
The Chargers have given up a touchdown to a wide receiver in five straight. They're obviously they're not shutting anybody out. We know that because, as you mentioned, they are a team that seems to be in a shootout every single week. So I see no reason to steer away from Stephon Diggs this week. He's a fantasy. He's the top three receiver on the year. So he's been consistently awesome. So my mid-tier receiver is one of those hunches, which lately I've been kind of trusting my gut more on these, and it's been working out. So you're going to see more of these, and then if it starts backfiring, I will back off of that right. a little I love bit. It. But my man, Alan, okay. always says it in gambling that, like, you know, you Obviously, look at the data, but you also got to trust your instinct. I look at Antonio Brown at 5,700. You know, they're playing KC. He's getting a lot of targets and receptions over the last two weeks. So he's only played three games with Brady. The last two weeks, he's had 15 receptions on 21 targets. I expect the Bucks to be down. I expect them to be forced to throw. I think KC's goal is to jump on them early where they can bring pressure, you know, on Brady, which obviously that's when he str- uh, struggles. And if Brown can just get his first touchdown this season, he's going to score points like he is. He's going to extend that 13 to 15 point range. He's been the last two weeks. And I just think that this is going to be a game plan and a game where you're going to see Brown thrown to a lot. And I think that he's going to have at least five, six receptions. And I think he's going to have his first touchdown on the season. I'm almost guaranteeing he's in that 20 or more point range and again, for 5,700, you're getting a very talented receiver who is getting a lot of targets, a lot of receptions. And we talk about this over and over again. I feel like it's almost bad luck when they don't get touchdowns in those mm-hmm. situations. I think this is going to be the week. Yeah, he does feel like a guy where obviously we, we've seen the talent. We, and his, his one New England was a big week for, for him and Brady. So yeah. I think, yeah, inevitably there's going to be a week where he goes off. So I like the gut play. Um, I'm going with the Justin Jefferson at 6,300 for my mid-tier. Going days uh, in my flex. I love this play. <laughs> 60 plus yards in three straight, averaging nearly 17 points a game in that time. That includes 135 yards against the Bears, which is one of the toughest defenses to get up a bunch of passing or receiving yards on. Um, Carolina, not a great passing defense, as you. You know, we've mentioned that that's another game where I expect a solid amount of points scored. And Adam Thielen might not be out there. I know he tested positive for COVID, and then apparently there's also been a negative now. So it's kind of unclear on whether or not he'll make it for that game. So I expect a much larger target share if Jefferson is the number one receiver. And then even if not, we you know, we've we had this discussion last week where we're like at least one of these guys is gonna go off, the other's a good play, and that's exactly what happened. So I even if Thielen's if Thielen's not out there, still a solid play. Great play if Thielen misses the game, I think. So just to add some more to that, because he is he's my middle tier flex. I, I co-sign on everything you just said. And the the big thing is I think some people have been thrown off Carolina's scent of how bad their there has been lately because they had a really good game yeah. against the awful Lions when <laughs> Matthew Stafford's thumb apparently was really right. bothering them. And but no goal before that. And they'll call it, exactly. In the previous four games, just the receivers, they were giving up 16 receptions per game for 205 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, Jefferson's averaging 21.6 points per game at home, which I think he may be one of those players. He's just a lot more effective indoors because, you know, he's a speedster. Obviously, weather doesn't, you know, play a factor. I think Cousins is, is historically a little bit better inside. And then again, 
if Thielen plays, I think it's to Jefferson's benefit. If Thielen doesn't play, it's to Jefferson's benefit. Because you got to look that if Thielen doesn't play, yes, he's going to draw more attention, but he's going to get a lot more targets. If Thielen does play, he's not going to get as much attention, and we know he's right. still going to get the targets. He still has the explosiveness. Uh, if Thielen is healthy, or excuse me, is off the COVID list and is you know allowed to play this week, I do like Thielen a lot too. It's just Jefferson is cheaper, uh, but I, I love that play. Completely co-sign it. Uh, but then that way we just don't have to go over that uh, again in the flex yeah, and get to him. Sure. So my low-tier guy is Michael Pittman Jr. at 5,000 versus Tennessee. Before facing the Ravens in their last game, the Titans had given up 195 yards or more to wide receivers in seven of their last eight games. Pittman Jr. has scored 15 and 22 points in his last two games, including a seven-reception, 120-yard game against the Titans in Tennessee. Rivers now looks like he's going to play Sunday. This guy, you know, we, we've all been asking all year, where is T.Y. Hilton? Where is T.Y. Hilton? Well, yeah. it just looks like he's done, and I it is so. what it is. This is their number one receiver now. Pittman Jr. is. So you're getting a guy that is $5,000 who is, the, I think, three out of the last four games got the most targets at wide receiver. Uh, he's explosive. Rivers obviously likes going to him, and you're getting him against a really bad defense for $5,000. And then again, remember, he went for seven uh, catches uh, for like 120 yards in Tennessee. This game's going to be in a dome. Uh, I really like Pittman at 5000 for my bargain play. Yeah, this week was a, a tough, tough week to figure out the bargain play at wide receiver because there's a lot of There's a lot of them. This week. Which is scary, though. Yeah. You know, like, if you want to <laughs> like fill bit. out a lineup with all bargain receivers, then load up at like flex quarterback, running back, or tight end, and it's just it's so dangerous, though. You know, because if they don't consistently get a ton of targets, it is a little dangerous. Well, yeah, I love that play. And two of my three uh, season-long fantasy leagues, I picked up Pittman within the last two weeks because yeah, he's the number one in that offense. Um, I didn't pick them, but I think this could be a. Uh, Travis Fulgham's bounce back week or a big week for uh shoot, why am I blanking? The the rookie wide receiver. Oh, Rager. Rager, who's on like two of my fantasy teams. Because they're playing the Seahawks. So that's generally Everybody been a great throws. play. Um, but my one that I actually decided to go with is Tyler Boyd at five thousand. Um, he's been very consistent. Only two games under ten points this year, and those were seven and eight point games. So at 5,000, he's not going to totally crap out and give you a nothing game. He has 69 receptions a year already, so he's averaging about seven receptions a game. Obviously, the worry there is, again, Brandon Allen's now the starting quarterback in Cincinnati. That's not great. But Boyd was the one guy who, even in that game last week, put up numbers. He runs up in the slot consistently. Exactly. So to me, that's not where he's not going to be running a bunch of, you know, deep routes. He's going to be the blanket. I actually, I think this is a great, I think he's going to get even more targets than he was before because you're going to have a hard time getting it down the field to Higgins and Green. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, with Burrow, I liked Higgins a number of weeks. But yeah, I think the rest of the season, Boyd is going to be the clear guy in that offense. We'll and see how good Higgins is, right? Because, I mean, it's a, you know, true. it's like kind of like with McLaurin, because McLaurin has just been quarterback wow. proof. Like, no matter who he plays, he's going to he's gonna ball out. Higgins may be that kind of receiver, but we're going to find out over the next couple of weeks. 
And I mean, as far as it goes to, this is going to be as good of a matchup as Boyd can get. Yeah. Uh, PFF has this as the ninth biggest wide receiver corner advantage for the wide receiver. Darnay Holmes is the 114th ranked corner. He's a rookie. I mean, I can tell you as a Giants fan, <laughs> James Bradbury's <laughs> been locking one guy down, and then the other corners have been struggling. There's going to be open plays for Boyd. And, you know, like we said, he's the slot guy. He's the safety blanket. I expect them to be losing this game, so they're going to have to throw. So I think Tyler Boyd's going to have another week where he's going to grab seven or eight balls and give you good production at 5,000. So moving on to tight end tier, I'm honestly shocked at this. Darren Waller is $6,000 against the Falcons. The Falcons have given up six or more receptions in six games this season and more than 10 yards per reception six times this season to tight ends. They now face the best tight end in football, not named Travis Kelsey. Waller is averaging 7.7 targets per game on the year. This is such a great matchup for Waller. I really can't believe he's $6,000. I mean, if you look at the receivers at Mm $6,000, I find it hard to argue Waller's not better than all the guys in that range. Like, he's probably going to get more targets. It's more likely he's going to score. The Falcons have issues with tight ends. Uh, I just... You're going to see in lineups this week, I'm going to probably use Waller as a flex because, again, I'm going to have either Mahomes or Cook on my lineups. And by doing that, I'm going to have to save money elsewhere. And by going, you know, cheap at tight end, cheap at defense, cheap with some of my receiver plays, it's going to allow me to do that. And then putting Waller, when you have 6000 on your flex, that's not really that expensive. And I think no. he's a great play for that price range. So whether it be a tight end or flex, but he is my number one tight end play, Darren Waller. Yeah, he's my number one this week, too. I mean, I think... Thank you. Right, and I mean, there's a reason why we like Carr so much this week. Mm -hmm. And I mean, obviously, he's playing the Falcons, but Carr's been pretty consistently recently. And, you know, if you want to roll the dice on Aguilar or Ruggs this week, I think it's a good week to do that. But, I mean, we know who the number one guy is in that offense, and it's Waller. He's going to be the guy you know will give you points. So... I mean, yeah, you know, if you had the extra thousand, spring for Kelsey, but otherwise, these oh, are the Kelsey these are the, and Aguilar are going to come up with my flexes, so don't worry. <laughs> yeah, there we, you we go. We'll discuss them. So, uh-huh. right. I mean, the, the, those are the guys you can count on at tight end. Really, the only two guys you can really consistently count on at tight end. So, again, you know, tight end, we talked about it all year. It's a crapshoot. I mean, it really is, uh, especially outside of Waller and Kelsey. It is funny, though, that I swear there's more plays uh, from, like, 2,500 to 4,500 that are intriguing than I can remember in a long time. I had a really hard time picking or settling on a middle-tier guy, but I went with Noah Fant versus New Orleans at 4,200. He's had at at least three catches in his last five games. So, again, I know that's not much, but that's guaranteeing you, you know, if you get, say, 30. 30 yards on you're at least getting six points which we've all had the tight ends to get you like one or two points so it's something uh in the last two games he's had 15 targets that's a big deal they're they're starting to go to him more and more which you remember they had a lot of success last year late in the season uh with lock to fant a lot of people are surprised they haven't gone to him as much this year but he has been banged up he seems to be getting healthy and then the other big thing was he was integral in their comeback last week. They actually were going to him and the other tight end a good bit on the last couple of drives. They, they came back and won that game. 
I mean, it's a, you know, a coach, you're gonna have to look at that and go, okay, you know, throwing to our tight ends in the flats is working out. It's helping us move the ball. And then, oh, by the way, you're facing a Saints team that gets a ton of pressure, which should mean that he's going to obviously have to get rid of the ball quicker. That should mean your tight ends, you know, your running backs out of the backfield, slot receivers are probably going to get extra targets. And then the Saints defense is just middle of the road versus tight ends. They've given up 100 yards twice to an individual tight end, which I thought was interesting. And when uh, they face some of the better tight ends, they, you know, have particularly struggled, which four of his five biggest point totals have been at home, mm. uh, which, again, I'm starting to pay more attention to that because I have noticed trends where guys, for whatever reason, it really makes sense that they play in a dome. And I think it also really makes sense in the sense that they play in, you know, mile high, right? That The air is, is obviously thin. Maybe Fant has got more adjusted to it. Obviously, defense has mm. probably struggled a little bit more. Maybe that gives them an advantage, but... I mean, I did find that interesting that four of his five biggest games have been at home, and it's not necessarily been just looking at the matchup or, I mean, who they, their opponent has been and, you know, their rank. It, it, it's just been for whatever reason he does better at home. But I think Fant's going to get a lot of opportunities because we have seen the last few weeks the Saints can really get pressure on a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I think probably goal one for the Broncos is going to be to try to run. The issue is I don't know if they're going to be able to do that and keep up with the the Saints offense, and if they can't, that's going to mean a lot of throws, and I, I think Fant could be one of the benefactors of that. Yeah, I really like that that info there about the about him at home. That's yeah, that's an interesting stat there. Um, my mid tier guy is Hunter Henry at forty eight hundred. So he's you know there's that giant gap where you go from Waller at six thousand to Henry at forty eight hundred. Um, Henry has had four straight games with at least four receptions. He's had touchdowns in the last two. Um, he's had at least six targets in all but two games this year, and those other two he had four. So he's consistently seeing the ball on this offense. Uh, Bills are 30th against tight ends. They give up an average of six receptions for 64 yards against tight ends, and they've given up six passing touchdowns. And again, I just think this game is going to be all offense all over the place. So I really like him at 4,800. Again, you know, Herbert's my guy this year and this week in the top tier. And if you don't want to spend that money on Keenan Allen because 8,000 is a lot, I think a good double up there is Hunter Henry. I like that because uh, he's also, you know, quietly become obviously Keenan Allen's their, you know, number one target. But I still think think that uh, Henry has more red zone targets on the season than even Allen. Uh, They definitely look for Henry when they get in the red zone. And just remember that the Rams, Tyler Higby had three touchdowns uh, against this Bills team. And I don't think he's scored a touchdown since. So uh, <laughs> tight ends can get at uh, the Buffalo Bills defense. So this play is probably going to have people like losing their minds, but I actually really like it. I like Tyler Eifer this week at 2,600 versus Cleveland. He has 14 targets over his last three games. He's going to probably get more looks this week because you got Chark and Conley have been rolled out. Their number two tight end has been rolled out this week. Uh, They're facing a Browns team who the last two weeks have given up 11 catches for 166 yards and three touchdowns to tight ends. I know you're going to call this a flyer, but it's one that I think could be a big boom. I could easily see Eifer having a 10 to 12 point game. And if you get 10 to 12 points out of a $2,600 guy, you are doing very well, uh, especially just with the way tight end has been a crapshoot. 
Um, and again, by playing him or Trey Burton, who I also really like this week, you could probably afford, again, to get like a Waller Kelsey at flex. You could get Cook at running back, Mahomes at quarterback. Uh, you're going to have to get creative and look for other ways if, if you make the decision like I have in some of my lineups. That these guys are just too juicy of a matchup. It's too right. guaranteed they're going to score a certain amount of points. I've got to have them in there. Uh, you're going to have to find other options. And so that is, you know, kind of how Tyler Eifert, which I know that people are going, it's 2020, Keith. I get that. But, <laughs> you know, you made the point again with Robinson, and I think it's the same with Eifert that you got to, you know, Glennon, he's also a professional quarterback and usually backup professional quarterbacks who have done that for a long time. It seems like when they come in, they had a lot of tight ends. They had a lot of running backs. You know, they don't want to make a big mistake. They're not going to throw it down mm -hmm. the field a lot. And I could see Eifert, you know, benefiting that. He has four or five catches and get, say, seven, eight points. I'm thrilled, again, because it's $2,600. Yeah, it's, it's always exciting when you have a play that cheap where you kind of like it. Right. <laughs> and, you know, you've, you've come through on these kind of seemingly wild shots before, <laughs> so I, I pay attention to them now. When you first said Burton that one week, I was like, nah, no way, Trey Burton. He'll, he'll never be relevant one point nine points later, we're going, holy shit. Oh, it's, it's been wild. So, yeah, I'm definitely uh, – he's probably going to go in one of my lineups now just because you said this. Um, my lower tier guy is Austin Hooper at 3,800. Uh, since coming back, he hasn't been super productive the last two weeks, but he did see five targets last week. So Wouldn't it be something we got the Logan Thomas and Austin Hooper jinx off our back? God, it would be amazing. <laughs> But again, you know, before he got hurt, he'd ha he'd rattle off three straight games with at least five receptions, double-digit points all three weeks. He's a talented so, dude, man. Yeah. I'm telling you. Last you, you two years know. as a Falcons yeah. fan, like, he's, he, it's baffled me Cleveland hasn't used him more. And so I assume the healthier he gets, the more in tune he's going to get with Baker here. And again, obviously, they're down Odell Beckham, so they need options in the passing game. And while I think this is mainly going to be a game where they're pounding the rock with the running backs, it's still the Jaguars' defense, <laughs> which is just god awful against the pass. We've talked about. We this. say a few weeks ago, you can run on them, you can throw Do on them, you can Whatever pass you catch on them. The <laughs> tight ends, like there is not a part of that defense that is good. So I think he's a good play, and one of the key things here is Jaguars are 29th against tight ends. Though again, they're probably 29th against a bunch of stuff, but they've given up <laughs> eight receiving touchdowns to tight ends. And you that's get a, a touchdown for your tight end. That's really again, unless you've got Kelsey or Waller, that's all you're asking for. Give Think me a about touchdown. this too. This is the set. team that's really bad. They're down a lot. So if they've given up eight passing touchdowns to tight right. ends, that's saying something. So, yeah, obviously, if you want to go and save that extra twelve hundred, <laughs> go with Keith's play here. But I like. That. I think I think Austin Hooper is solid at thirty eight hundred. I do too. And he really is. I mean, Logan Thomas has been a guy we've picked a lot. He's had more success, yeah. obviously, in other games. It's just been we picked him. But we have liked Hooper a lot, and it's been his worst games the few weeks that we've picked him. Maybe he comes out of that, too, for us. I think Hooper's just so due to have a big game. I mean, I haven't watched him for years. Uh, moving on to the flex, again, people are like, Keith, you went with Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey. Yeah, I did. <laughs> their point totals for the last couple of months. I mean, it, it really was as baffling. I never picked those guys because they're so contrarian. Mm -hmm. But looking at these numbers, Kelsey has scored, and again, he's 7,000 at Tampa Bay. He scored 22 or more in four of his last five games. 
He scored 27 or more in three of his last five. He's had 34 targets over the last three games. Um, I, I don't like a ton of people in this price range either. Like, you know, if you, you take away Nick Chubb, that kind of 7,000, 71, 72, 73, the 68, 6,900 range, I don't like a ton of those guys. And just Kelsey is such a safe play. And I know people are going to say, well, Tampa Bay is kind of a tough matchup against tight ends. And that's true. But he's not a tight end. Like, Kelsey, (laughs) you might as well not even compare him because I forget who it was. Uh, There was a team that they played earlier. Oh, it was the the Raiders are actually a team that's been good against the tight He's torched them now twice. Like, the Raiders are a top 15 team against tight ends. In both games, he's had, like, I don't know, 10 receptions, 120 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, he's just – he's having quietly one of the best seasons the tight ends ever had. And, again, all you had to do was look at that secondary get torched last week uh, in the Rams game, and both Woods and Cup had humongous days. Well, the top two receiving options for the Chiefs are Kelsey and Hill. I expect them both to have big games, and I actually expect that game also to be a shootout. So just to add on to to you here, um, I'm, I'm looking at the wide receivers, and the cheapest wide receiver you can get who's averaging 20 points on the season is Diggs at 7,600. Yeah. And Kelsey's averaging over 20. So that's a $600 value there. And then I don't pay as much attention to PFF's tight end matchup chart just because I think there's more variance in how teams cover tight ends, especially ones like Kelsey versus the corner matchups. Right, but they have Kelsey as the biggest advantage this week against Devin White. They have a seventy-three percent advantage, which just to put that into context, Gronkowski is the second biggest at fifty-three percent, and no one else is above thirty-three percent. He's at seventy-three percent advantage, and it's bigger than any advantage they're giving a wide receiver this week either. So, <laughs> yeah, I might I, have to put I, him I and Hill on a few lineups because I, I really. Out. I love Hill. Uh, obviously, I would not go with Mahomes in that situation, which I know people are going, why? It's like, you know, I'm going to save the money and obviously try to get a play somewhere else. But uh, you just made me feel even better about, you know, going with Kelsey there. So my higher tier guy for the flex is Calvin Ridley this week. Um, he's one of the leading guys in the league in air yards. So if, if they're the, he's been really 7,200, right? Yeah, or was it 72 or 71? 7,100, so even better. So, I mean, again, he's, again, no wide receiver who is averaging 20 is less than 7,600. He's averaging 19.3 this year, so he's right there. And that's counting some games where he's been banged up and not even, like, finished games. So we know he's one of the best. Julio might be out. If Julio is out, that always screams to me, stay away from Matt Ryan. But it just means even more reason to go with Ridley. Um, he's the sixth biggest wide receiver advantage according to PFF this week. The Raiders have the 69th and 102nd ranked corners on the outside. And again, Julio's their number one advantage this week. I was going to actually say that makes me think that maybe because Julio's like 6,500. Yeah, if Julio plays, and now it's a little risky because I think it's a hamstring, right? Yeah, it is, so, but... I There's some risk 6, there, but he's going to be in a few lineups. I mean, I, would you I, tell me that's yeah. a number one matchup too, which I did not know. Because remember last time that happened when Julio was iffy, 
and you told me he had like the toughest matchup and he was like 6400 i was like well i'm taking him just for the price he went you know bananas Right. So the, the thing is, it doesn't matter which corner is on either of these guys if Julio plays. There's going to be a lot of opportunity. And again, we both expect Atlanta to have to throw the ball a lot in this game. So I think Ridley is a very good play at 7,100. And yeah, if Julio is out there, you know, you want to roll the dice. Yeah, it's, it's risky, but there's a reason Julio is 6,500. So Ryan is a that, lot better at home, uh, just yeah. uh, he always has been uh, and the reports from Atlanta because again I get the local paper and stuff Ridley said he feels a lot better you know, he had that foot issue yeah. and, I mean it, to your point last week he had like eight catches for 90 yards and you know he barely could move uh, against a good Saints defense and you know this week he's not playing a good defense and they're, they're saying all the reports are his, his ankles feeling a lot better uh, there's no point in me going on for my mid-tier guy again, Justin Jefferson, 6,300. We, we've already discussed that. So who's your uh, mid-tier guy at Flex? Oh, so my, my mid-tier guy is also someone we've already talked about. It's Kareem Hunt at 5,600. Again, I think you can play either of those backs this week. And the Jaguars, 46.5 yards per game, 6.3 receptions, two running backs. And Hunt is the receiving back there. I if Hunt honestly, gets four to six receptions, he's going to get way over 40 yards. I, I honestly yeah, he's a big play guy. I'm totally lost as to why he's priced so low. It's insane to me. Like, I, he should be at least 6,000. It doesn't make any sense. Well, it's like, I mean, there's a lot of them this week that are, you know, again, I, I don't totally understand that. Maybe that's what I'm going to do in the next offseason is figure out exactly how they come up, uh, you know, with these because. Yeah, good question. Smaller at 6,000 doesn't make sense. No offense, Kelsey at 7,000, you know, doesn't make sense. You know, two no, points of those wide receivers. Uh, and I just, and even some of the quarterbacks this week, I'm a little, you know, baffled at, you know, the rankings, but. Right, uh, they are. Exactly. Uh, so Nelson Aguilar, speaking of car, is my low tier, 4,900. Again, there's a lot of guys, as Joe was saying, down in this area. I mean, a lot of guys. Right now, you can out. I love Debo Samuel. I know he's like five, 600 more. But if you look at, you know, just what they do with the two of them, what they've done with Ayuk, with the running and passing, how often they're involved in the red zone, if he's out, which it looks like he's going to be with COVID, I love Debo, but Aguilar, and we've talked about the five in the secondary. I don't have to go back over that. Aguilar scored 13.5 points or more in five of his last seven games. And I just think, I mean, he's no safer bet than he is in this game against the secondary to yeah. have a big game. And Aguilar scores, which is the other thing I really like about him. Like, outside of Waller, he's, uh, you know, next on the team in touchdowns. And I love that you brought up Ruggs because I almost mm -hmm. included him. It would be the ultimate flex play, uh, you know, or actually just flex by me with my flex play <laughs> because, I mean, he, he's up there in Malcolm Brown territory where, like, he had that one big game early and has done nothing. But I will say he is the exact athletic kind of guy that just torches the Falcons. Look at what Jerry Judy did, Justin Jefferson. These are, you know, rookie wide receivers similar skill sets uh so I, I don't hate that play either um but i just think you know agar is so much more consistent and again for 4900 he seems to be you know outside of waller's favorite target and again i just don't think that josh jacobs just going to run it down their throat uh because the falcons are actually decent against the run so they're going to throw 
I think that's good things for Carr, Waller, Aguilar. And again, why would you not throw on a team that gives up 315 yards per game and you know 24 <laughs> touchdowns on the season? So. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's definitely the safest of the wide receivers for the Raiders. But you know, the thing I like about Ruggs is he's one of those guys. He just needs that one play to hit. Oh yeah. Because at that price value, that's all that's all you need. 50 yard touchdown, you're covered. That's all you're asking for there. Um. So yeah, earlier this week we were obviously disappointed with not being able to use Gus Edwards, and that just continues now. Because we were like, oh, we had the opportunity to get a number one back at four thousand. That's so rare. Turns out we got it anyway. Because Todd Gurley is out this week. So Brian. Oh, is he officially out? I missed that. I believe he is. I believe it's official now that he is out this week. Brian Hill's the better back. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. Like, Gurley's obviously a goal line break, but Hill is a better back. Like, he was great last year in situations where he got to be basically the guy. Okay, yeah. I just double-checked just to make sure that I wasn't screwing up. And, yeah, he is ruled out this week. So, $4,000, Brian Hill. Um, One of the things I like about it is he's been getting receptions as the backup back. Uh, He has 16 receptions on the year. He's averaging over, uh, let's see, 4.3 yards per carry. So he's solidly productive. And the Raiders are a great matchup for running backs. They're 26th on DraftKings. They've given up the second most rushing touchdowns this season. And they've also struggled to contain running backs in the the passing game, which could be important here because we're assuming the Raiders are going to be lighting up the Falcons. 5.9 5.9 receptions, 49 yards per game in the passing game. So I think Brian Hill, assuming he's getting the clear amount of snaps, and I see no reason not to believe that. You probably know better than I. But as far as Smith is the other only other back that they and he's been a healthy to carry. Scratch, he is right? yeah. a couple of times. Some, that Brian Hill, they said, was the most impressive guy in training camp. If Gurley would have touchdowns and been, I mean, he has. He's been productive. Hill would have gotten an opportunity. They're really high on Hill. I completely expect them to showcase him this week. I did not know that he was a girl who was officially out. That's a, that's a great play. And then, yeah, if you're in season long, obviously, yep. if you pick need him a up. running back, pick him up. But even if you don't, like you said, like you know, there's at least a chance he could end up turning this into a straight-up timeshare yep. with Gurley. They're probably not going to just to- totally phase out Gurley. But well, it's a one-year contract, so they, they actually could. Yeah. That's true. So again, at four thousand, like yeah. If, so again, if you want to make the uh, the play with Dalvin Cook, you, you could just do that pair right there. That's thirteen thousand five hundred. I like that. That's I love James reasonable White amount. this week. I like that even better. And he's five hundred dollars cheaper. That that's that's good stuff there, Joe. Uh, the defenses. We don't ever spend too much time on this. Uh, it was a bummer about the Steelers because when it was announced Robert Griffin was going to start against oh, the Steelers, God. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm spending that 4100 oh, yeah. Uh The Dolphins versus the Jets, again, 4200 They're a good bit more expensive than, you know, a couple hundred. Yeah. And, you know, Darnold's supposed to come back. Uh, I mean, Drew Locke kind of ate up this defense, you know. The Dolphins, we talked about, their defense, has been great, but it's been some smoke and mirrors, you know, where they've had a lot of uh, interceptions returned for touchdown, fumble returns for touchdown, punt returns for touchdowns. 
And then I look down, and I basically have two top tier that are really middle tier. I have the Giants mm-hmm. at 3,200 at Cincy and the Browns 3,100 at Jacksonville. Yeah. You both got teams that can get after the, you know, the quarterback against, you know, one's an inexperienced quarterback. The other's a veteran one that, you know, I, I'm shocked Mike Glennon's still in the league, so I love both of those. <laughs> and then the other, which is probably going to surprise somebody, I kind of like Denver at 2,200 versus New Orleans. We know the Broncos are always frisky. They're always frisky. And, you know, they proved it last week, obviously, with, you know, pulling the win out of their ass. They're always even better at home, and I do not believe in Taysom Hill. You got to remember, yes, he looked good last week, but he looked good against my Falcons. And, you know, that's not really saying anything. Let's see what he does against a team that, you know, they're decent against the run. They can get pressure. Uh, You know, their their secondary is not great. But, again, he's going to throw it down the field. Um, if you're looking, you know, to save the thousand dollars, because again, it's only a thousand more for much better matchups with the Giants and Browns. But I do kind of like the Broncos at twenty two hundred, only because it's a game at home. Uh, who are your three defenses, Joe? Um, you know, if if you want to save a little money on that Dolphins Jets game, obviously, always great to play against the Jets. Yep. New Orleans Denver is right there with that one for me, and it's five hundred dollars cheaper. Uh, the New Orleans defense has just been on a crazy roll recently. They have really good. Three straight games with at least 14 points on DraftKings. Wow, I didn't know they, that. Man. They they have outscored the actual number of points the opposing offense has scored for three straight weeks. Wow. And that's against Tampa Bay, who's a good offense, except against New Orleans for whatever reason. Uh, San Francisco, who, you know, obviously they're kind of a mess, but... I'd still be more afraid to face San Francisco than Denver. And then Atlanta. So those are three offenses that are better than the one they're facing this week. Over the last three games, nine turnovers and 13 sacks. They're the number one defense in adjusted sack rate. Denver's offense is 22nd in sack rate. So I think there's going to be a lot of sacks. There's going to be multiple turnovers. And anytime you're getting that combo, great chance for a defensive touchdown. Yep. So I love them. I'm totally with you on the mid-tier. Giants and Browns, both face, facing bad teams with backup quarterbacks, <laughs> making their first starts of the year. So, And both of those defenses have been averaging about seven points on DraftKings. So that's solid. And then for my... I'm, Lower tier, you know, it's risky because we've talked before about how much, how much yardage Seattle gives up. But 2,500 against the Philadelphia Eagles. And, I mean, Carson Wentz at this point. That's in any... Seattle or Philly, do you know? Let's see. It is in Philly. So, I guess that might help. That helps Philly, I guess. But I don't know how much. That's a good question, how much home field is mattered for Seattle's defense this year. I'm not entirely sure, but... Well, that hasn't you know, been good, really, either way, so... But I don't think yardage matters that much on DraftKings, because Seattle's averaged a decent five points per game on DraftKings. Well, and, I mean, Wentz has turned it over almost oh, as many times insane. as teams in the league. I think he has 18, the oh, number more than one a team. lot of teams. Yeah, I think he's third in the league in turnovers by himself. I mean, and yeah, we, we've reached the point where it's no longer like, oh, now that they're healthier, it'll stop happening, because <laughs> it... It just keeps happening. And he's if got somebody owns Miles Sanders, give him the freaking ball. 
God, please, as as a Miles Sanders owner in a couple of leagues, just feed him the ball. I don't know why. Like twelve yards early. to carry, but right now we're gonna throw it thirty-five times. And you know, Seattle. One thing that's been really key is their pass rush has actually started to get going. Four straight yeah. games with at least three sacks. One of those was a seven-sack game against Buffalo. So they they should be able to get reasonable pressure, and Carson Wentz is just a mess. So, I mean, any week right now that you're getting Carson Wentz and you can get the defense for $2,500, it's worth a roll of the dice if you want to spend that money elsewhere. And it seems like a lifetime ago, but they look really good against Arizona. I mean, you know, that, that's been a week ago, but yeah. they really – I mean, that was an offense that was on fire – and, you know, they pretty much shut them down in the second half. Like, Arizona scored some points early, and then they kind of settled into it. And from there, uh, it was pretty good. Um, so I'm not going to do Stinker Tinker this week. I was going to talk about it, but, you know, now that we've already done a podcast, uh, I'd briefly mention that, you know, I just need to continue to play our plays, especially our yeah. wide receivers, which, I mean, they've been so good lately that it's, it's dumb for me that I, I kind of messed around with a couple lineups use our guys and they all went off uh so that's on me but joe uh, i hope you've had a you know good thanksgiving i hope we're going to have a good week it's going to be yeah. a little bit difficult again just because the lack of matchups you got to remember you already had two games the raven steelers game got moved uh but there as you can see plenty of guys out there um anything you want to plug before we get out of here uh no, I don't think I have anything. I'm just I'm just hoping any of my matchups can match what I was doing on Thursday where I played one I played one one lineup, scored 180, which was better than I did in like four lineups the week before. So th- thank you Houston Texans and Antonio Gibson. I mean, it was uh you know, again, it, it just bothers me that they took out that Steelers Ravens because I mean, we had the oh, guys nailed. Cuz if you look there. at it, we basically had no Steelers or any Ravens. Uh, I think yeah. we, we you know, might have had like one Raven in each lineup. And uh, I, I really do believe that people would have been going to that. That's a night game. You know, they got a lot of the flashy names and stuff. And uh, again, I you know, the Will Fuller, if, if, again, if y'all weren't listening, oh, man. I read, you know, he had 123 yards, the most receiving yards he had. He only had one touchdown. And just being a Falcons fan, had him see him go for 250 or whatever it was <laughs> the year before and three touchdowns. I'm like, he has it in him. And I'm shocked he doesn't have two touchdowns or 123 yards. I said I wasn't promising a 14 catch, 250 yard, but I wouldn't be surprised if he went over, you know, that yardage number or scored, you know, multiple touchdowns for the first time. And it just made me smile when Joe just texted me. He said, well, he just went over both. Uh, the <laughs> yarder, which it did. It, it was his second touchdown and got him over that number. But um, just, uh, you know, be sure to check out the IB Podcast Network. Uh, Alan is doing incredible work by himself on the backdoor cover, giving you analysis on all the NFL games. Um, and, you know, obviously the Team Turnbuckle Podcast. We actually took a little bit of break this week, but we'll be back this weekend. Um, and, you know, the IB Sports page. It's on Facebook. Uh, follow IB Twitter. It's on Instagram because, uh, you know, they give us the platform that we have. But, Joe, I hope this is the week that, you know, we, we break the bank. Uh, and, you know, I should have mentioned this at the top of the podcast again. I apologize. We had two people that for the first time played our picks last week. One of my good buddies played them. He won uh, $450 in one entry. He Ooh. was uh, – and talking about that if he'd used that entry and the more expensive entry that he'd done, he said he would have won ten grand. Uh, which is uh, probably a little disappointing to him, but 450 is not bad <laughs> on a $12 entry. 
Uh, and then I had another buddy who plays in a couple of, uh, you know, basically weekly deals. He had not won all season. He won both of them uh, last week. And it really does. It makes me happy to hear that because it shows that, you know, our picks are helping people. That's part of why we did this. And I've gotten better at DraftKings, which is most important. Uh, I was going to uh, say, you know, we've been doing said, all right. But one of my favorite running trends is how other people are better at picking the right people that we <laughs> recommend and putting them into a lineup. You know, I, I think we, we have too much information in some of these cases, you know, and, uh, you know, and just, you know, again, I, I keep saying it and I keep doing it, but it's like, I feel like that a lot of times it was just like on Thursday, I had Cooper originally instead of Lamb in a lineup with Gibson, Watson, Fuller and Logan Ooh. Thomas. And I changed it out. And that was that lineup I sent you that I lost by 0. 0.10 points from being in the money. Yeah. I mean, the difference in Cooper and Lamb would have been in that. Oh, I would have gone from winning $0 to winning like 150 And, I mean, it's just like, you know, those are the mistakes that you made. And I originally had <laughs> Cooper in and changed it. And, I, you know, I just got to live with that. So, don't change your lineups. If you feel good about it, keep it in there. Uh, I think we got some great bargain plays this week. Sorry for some of the more expensive ones. But I just, I'm shocked looking at Mahomes. Mahomes unbelievable but uh joe i enjoyed it and uh this has been another edition of the weekly daily fantasy football podcast we will be back uh next tuesday see you.